All right, welcome in to the final portion of today's Monday show here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Jason Ross here with you. And again, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will have game night. I'll be in for Scott Marsh tonight. Scott's on uh, assignment traveling with UC Davis basketball, a game you'll be able to hear tomorrow right here on KHTK. And uh, the High Flyer, Henry Turner, of course, will join me for that. And then we're back for Kings Live pregame. And the G-Man, the call tonight for the Kings and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, really looking forward to that. Spent a lot of time in our last segment talking about the NFL. But I do want to get back into into the Kings. And also we'll have uh, the crossover before we wrap up this final half hour of the show. Um, but want to get into the Kings kind of, I feel like five game chunks are a good time to really do a deeper dive, a full analysis of what we've seen, what we like, what we don't like. But we're going to call this the Kings at 10. They've played 10 games, five wins, five losses. I think there's some really good things to see and some things that certainly uh, have to get better and hopefully will get better. Um, but when I start with the positives on the Sacramento Kings, and really I have, I have far more positives at this point than negatives, um, this is something that we've talked about quite a bit before and I hope people understand now that you've seen the Kings play through 10 games, what we're meaning by it, um, their compete level. And it should be something that you would hope is non-negotiable because if you always have that, you always have a chance. And I don't think we've looked at a game this year, at least I haven't, where I've said, man, they didn't play hard enough. They didn't, they didn't bring it tonight. I think they've done that. I think it's been things that have let them down during games at times, in pockets of games, little little sections that maybe have kept them from winning some of these games or extending leads even into larger leads and, and running away with some games. My point being, let's look at a couple of recent losses yesterday to the Pacers and even a week ago Sunday when they lost to Dallas. Uh, both those games shot the ball really poorly, really poorly. But that happens. So are there other ways you can win? Like Friday night when they're making everything, absolutely everything against Charlotte, it probably wasn't going to matter what Charlotte did. But the Kings also in that game did so great on the boards. I mean, they just did a bunch of great stuff. But I look at the compete level against Dallas, against Indiana, games where they were losing, down by 15, both of their largest deficits of the season. And not only the compete level, but I feel like this team, this coaching staff, has a belief that they think they should win every game. And I know that may sound basic and elementary, but that hasn't always been the case. You know, when you get down and, ah, it's just not our night, or you can throw in an excuse, we didn't have this player, or it's the second night of a back-to-back, it's a long road trip, or it's the first game of a trip, there's more games ahead. You know, watching them against Indiana, it was just a, it was a, a grind, but at some point, you're like, they're going to do this. They're going to get in it. And I think they believe that. That's the most important thing. And when Halliburton hit the three in the second half in the fourth quarter, I thought, okay, not only have they caught him, I think they're going to go right past him and win this game comfortably. Now, it didn't go that way. But I believe that they think they can do this, that they think they can win these games. And that's really important. Good teams believe in themselves, believe in the what their coach says to them or how they're being coached in game planning. And they believe in their talent. And I think that's a real strong asset that this team has right now. And they've done a really good job of when they've lost. It's been two in a row and no more than that. Right? They won the first game, then lost two. Won two, then lost two. Won two. And hopefully it's not losing two with another loss tonight to the Suns. But even if it is, 
you're not making it three. And they haven't had a big win streak either. But I just think this team has figured out with its personnel what works. And even another positive to me would be the lineup, how they're utilizing the players. Again, Coach Walton is using primarily guards. I had a few people ask me after the Charlotte game, hey, why didn't Bagley and Alex Len get in when they were killing him? Uh, Something I might ask Luke this week when he's on, but the situation is all the guards are playing. I mean, if he would have cleared the bench at the end of that game, he ultimately brought in Metu after Rashawn Holmes got his 2020 game. He then brought in Damian Jones, and I don't know if he asked Marvin and Alex Len if they wanted to come in, but are you playing four centers or four bigs? I mean, you can, but, you know, they weren't going to lose the game, but it just, you know, you probably want some of your guards out there to keep things functioning with maybe two or three bigs. And, you know, clearing the roster is, is playing your bigs. They primarily play small players for the majority of the game. So that would be one of the things that I like. Let's go into some of the, I guess, the numbers and the metrics that we're seeing right now with this team. Here's a couple other things I like. The transition offense is good. They need to do it more. It was it was a smack you in the face last night with Indiana. Indiana and Rick Carlisle, they'd get a rebound. They were cleaning the glass, and they would just put on the brakes. Like, nope, we're not going to be able to beat the Kings in transition. It was 18 nothing in fast break points. Kings, even on a night where it didn't feel like the Kings had it in their pace at all. So transition offense is good. They're getting more stops. Uh, they need to get better rebounding, but when they get that, they're getting out and run. They're getting out and run, and that's the best part of this team. Half court offense was a little bit slow, but it's getting better. I would say it's getting better. So the overall offense numbers at 111 points per game is number seven. This is a winning offense. This is a good offense, and this is without you know we've talked how many times about De'Aaron, and we're going to get into him a little bit more later. Uh, without him really thriving right now, um, without the team shooting lights out all the time. Now the Charlotte game sticks out to everybody because that was a crazy, crazy night. But they've had a couple of uh, clunkers where they just couldn't shoot well. But back to my first point, that compete level, that confidence level, that, hey, we're going to be in these games no matter what happens. And I think that's a really good mentality that this team has through 10 games. Believe it or not, free throws are up, not in number, but percentage. The Kings were near the bottom of the league last year. Right now they're in seventh place in free throw percentage at 797 that is good. Remember the first time they played New Orleans in New Orleans, 24 of 25. It helped them win a game. It can do that. And that's what that day did, and that's what their free throw shooting is doing. They're getting more of the right people to the line. De'Aaron's needs to go up, but, I mean, you're seeing Barnes get there a lot, uh, Halliburton a little bit more. Uh, they've been getting in the bonus, plus Holmes is a good free throw shooter. So they're doing some good things there uh, from the foul line. Turnovers are down. They're fifth in the league in fewest turnovers, 13.2. That's a number that's going to keep you in a lot of games. So, again, just through 10 games, but it's more than two. It's more than five. We're getting a a larger chunk of the season and of the schedule, and we're seeing some pretty promising things so far uh, from this team. Uh, Let's go some other areas. Uh, Last year, I remember when Doug was with me and the Kings were, you know, uh, last season, I should say, 29th or 30th for a majority of the season defensively, including one of the worst historically uh, that the league has ever seen. And... I said, gosh, imagine in the second half if the Kings could just be 20th. Like, that's not asking to be a top five defense, just 20th. Well, here they are. Look what that's done. They're 20th. And you can all watch this team and and see that they're better defensively. I mean, they just are. Um, They're not world beaters. They're not the best defensive team in the league. That's obvious. But there's such a better 
on-ball presence. Certainly Davion has changed that. But it has been at times it's been contagious. I think this year there's been probably up to 10 now shot clock violations because the defense has just been so engaged. And something the players said that I got to give credit to the Kings fans who are always great, that playing at home and when they're starting to make some of those plays, which are really about effort, they get that extra boost of energy from the fans that start to pick up on that when they're maybe four on the shot clock and the Kings are really forcing them deep in the perimeter and the opposing team is in a little bit of a haggard area and a haggard pace. The the defense and the players are thriving off the energy that the fans are giving back. So I think that's been great to see the Kings at 109.3 points per game allowed, which is 20th. Again, not still, still want improvement. Still want to go north on that number, but that is improvement. Uh, the other thing that I think right now through 10 that I'm really liking, because this is going to dovetail off when we get into De'Aaron Fox, because a lot of people are concerned about De'Aaron, and I still am not at this point. My main thing on De'Aaron Fox I would like to see is more efficiency. I'm going to go over some numbers here later uh, that are going to surprise you or surprise me. I will say that. Maybe they'll surprise you. Um, but just the efficiency for De'Aaron is all, I think that's the missing piece right now, because until last night, the Kings were working on three consecutive games out of 10, but three in a row, I guess out of nine at that time, where they had seven players scoring double figures. That's fantastic. That makes you difficult to guard. That means, wait, who's going to be this Fox? I'm sure, I'm sure De'Aaron is still primary defensive scout number one like tonight for Phoenix is we got to contain De'Aaron Fox or his pace or his speed his superpower teams are trying to take away okay and if it's done can Halliburton contribute will Mitchell contribute will Buddy hit his threes will Holmes get to 20 or 15 Harrison Barnes has been so good this year the point is there's multiple people and when Harkless gets there man that's not his, his primary reason what he starts and what he does for this team, but if he gets you 10, 11, that's so huge. So I think the overall health and benefit of this team is if that many people are doing it. Let's say six a night. It's going to be great for this team. They're going to win more games when they do that, and it just makes them sharper, makes them more difficult to guard, and makes them really, really tough to beat. So I like that, and another one I'll put on the positive side through here at the Kings through 10 is the bench, the bench play. Buddy's handled that role. He's had some spectacular games off the bench. Uh, Terrence Davis, I still think, has, has got more to provide for this team. But Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, they've given Coach Walton what they've needed. I mean, they really have. On the really big guys, it's been Alex Len. On kind of the more scrappy bigs that are athletic and move, uh, we see Tristan Thompson more. And I think, as I've said, I don't know how many times, I'm glad that Coach Walton and the coaching staff have identified that, you know, as much as they like Metu and Bagley and Jones and guys like that near the end of the bench, it's, it's at this point, they're, play, they're playing the right people to me. Between Barnes, Fox, Holmes, Halliburton, uh, Harkless, and then you see Heald, part of that bench, with Davion has been great, and then Lennon Thompson. And if it, an injury, like the one night, that Harkless was out. Everybody moved up a spot. Davis started. Bagley played. Those other guys have to be ready. And you know they will be. But I, I think they've identified the right things. I think they've um, handled the schedule pretty well. And the other part about that confidence that I talked about, they have been ahead in the fourth quarter of every game. Now, obviously, they've lost five games. It doesn't mean they've had huge leads in some of them. 
but they have in others, and either they had them shrink or, like Charlotte, just put them away, got it down to 12, and then ended up winning by 30. So if you look at the, what they've done through 10, wins against Portland on the road, wins against Phoenix on the road, wins against New Orleans on the road, that three road games is very nice through 10. A home win against New Orleans, a home win against Charlotte. Charlotte was coming in as kind of the team du jour, and the Kings just dismantled them. And you talk about uh, people being bothered by the Kings not defending. Charlotte didn't even attempt to guard anybody. That was that ended up being an easy night for Sacramento. And then they went through a completely different style and different pace when they faced Indiana uh, yesterday. All right, so those are quite a bit of things that I see as positive going on, positive things going on right now for this team. On the negative side, the list is smaller, but there's still some things to be critical of. Um, One of them is rebounding, and I know that's Coach Walton's number one point of emphasis until it's not, and that's another reason reason why Friday's game was so outstanding Everybody's going to look at the threes that fell, and they should. That's that's the highlight. That's the sizzle. That's what everybody saw. 22 franchise-making three-pointers. Career high. Best. I mean, it was awesome. Things were just going in. That's not going to happen all the time. It'll happen a couple more times this year where they have a special shooting night and probably beat whoever they play. But what Coach Walton loved the most that night is they doubled up Charlotte in rebounding. For a team that's not great in rebounding, to double up an opponent was massive. So that was good, but that's not happening enough. And the Kings in their have actually out-rebounded opponents, I believe now, four times this year and lost three of them. So when you play small, you're giving up some things, potentially some defense and certainly some rebounding. And I would say, you know, when when I think Barnes has done a really good job of rebounding for this team, as has Holmes um, and even Alex Len when he's in, the guards have to rebound better. That's Mitchell, that's Halliburton, Fox, Heald. And then even Harkless, too, right? Those guys, I think Barnes has done a terrific job rebounding. But that's an area that they're vulnerable in. And that has to be a point of emphasis and continue to be because that's the other part of defense, the last part of it. If they defend well enough and get a stop and don't get the rebound, that's a killer. But if you get the stop, get the board, and get out and run, we go back to our positive list. Kings offense, seventh in the league. Transition offense near the top. That's that's the part that's going to take this team to yet an even another level. And that's something I'd like to see uh, be done much better for the Sacramento Kings. Also the Kings at 10, De'Aaron Fox, efficiency. And uh, I heard Dave's crossover. We're going to get to it in a moment because it's going to tie in. I did a little research on De'Aaron's numbers. Um, but his fourth quarter numbers, I, I, that's to me, one for De'Aaron, if, we're, if I'm being critical of him, it's, it's just being more efficient and being stronger in the fourth quarter. When this team, and think about it, all these games that were close, I mean, I said the Kings have had the lead in all fourth quarters. A lot of times these are close, down to the last five minutes. So now possessions, it's harder to run. Things are bottled up a little bit more. People force you into the half court. So when you get into the half court, you still can execute. You still can share the ball and spread it and give that energy that the basketball can have and move it around until you find an open shot. But sometimes you get late in the shot clock, and sometimes you need a guy to make a play. Well, there's not that many players on this team that can make the first guy miss. And De'Aaron has that ability. De'Aaron has that quickness, has the ball handling ability to get by the first man. And that creates the pressure on the defense to either collapse on him or uh, just move around and force passing lanes and other things that just kind of become open because of that first move. So I'd like to see more of that from De'Aaron when needed. Not forced, but when needed. And I think that's something... That's a fair ask of him because he can do it. 
De'Aaron can definitely do that. So those are some things that I would say through 10 to look at. And the other one that's out there for me, at least at this point, and I'm going to say it now, and I want to actually even kind of hold myself accountable to see if this is right. Because I have had people come up to me and say, I don't know, do you think the Kings can make the playoffs? I said, yes. I don't only think they can. I think they will. And I'm I'm really bullish on this team. I think they have the right components. I think they're getting that attitude and belief in themselves. And they're seeing some success. Now, this is, team is only 5-5. Five and five, But here's why I'm saying it, amongst many reasons. I think currently, right now, the standings at the bottom of the Western Conference are going to be what they will be at the end of the season. I really do. You've got, I'm going to work from the bottom up. Houston at one and nine. They've lost eight in a row. And not only that, but they've kind of put all that young talent out there. Young, very young. And they're going to make mistakes. And they'll probably get better as the season goes along. But when you're one and nine, and if you think that fringe area is 500 of, of the top 10 around there, you're going to have to flip it and at some point have a nine and one stretch or something like that over time. I don't see that happening with the Houston Rockets. So that's a team I believe that will be in the bottom five. New Orleans, I thought, was a team that could be competing higher, but they're one and nine. They've lost six in a row, and until they get healthy, uh, how far backwards are they going to go? I just don't see them making that full comeback. San Antonio, I know we always say the same thing about the Spurs. Uh, with Popovich, they always have a chance, and he's a great coach. They don't have the same personnel anymore, and it's been a couple years since they made the postseason. So that's not it's not a great team. I could see them right now at three and seven, kind of living in that range too. Uh, Oklahoma City is a team that's really building with a purpose for later. Draft picks and draft picks, and they've gotten a couple wins over the Lakers uh, already. They just beat the uh, Spurs last night, but they anticipate and have the look of a team that's going to go through a tough year as well. And then the last one is Minnesota. They're three and five. They have some top level talent at the at the head of the, the roster, but I think it drops off dramatically. And I think that's the five that are going to miss. So now there's a big difference from play-in to seeded team. But I think the other 10, shake it up. How's it going to end? I don't know. But I feel like right now it's already divided itself. I think Minnesota, OKC, San Antonio, New Orleans, and Houston will be the five teams that are thinking about the lottery. Whereas Lakers, Blazers, Kings, Clippers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns, Mavs, Jazz, Warriors will all be playoff teams or play-in teams in some way, shape, or form barring, right, this is the key caveat, barring some sort of drastic injury. So there you go. That's my thought. I'm bullish on this team. I think I, I like the way they look now. I like. I anticipate them to be, as I said before, 44 wins, if not more. Um, I think we're going to be seeing this team in some version of the postseason. But tonight, first, they got to worry about Phoenix. That's a long way to go. But I just wanted to put that out there now and Hold myself accountable of keeping those five teams out. We'll see how it goes uh, as the season progresses. All right. Again, game night's coming up. But first, let's get you a little uh, crossover from the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave Show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Here's today's crossover. Crossover question for you, Jason, and friends. And Chris. What? Is your timetable if you're if you're Luke Walton on De'Aaron Fox? And let me explain. Right now, and for the rest of the year, by the way, De'Aaron Fox will be your max player. He's your star. 
He's earned a lot of leeway, but he's playing terrible for him. He's playing terrible compared to a lot of the others taking his shots in the NBA, as we pointed out earlier. But what's your timetable until you start doing things, for example, like sitting him at times in the fourth, putting Davion Mitchell in instead of him in important possessions to where you really start making some subtle moves that you don't want to make right now because you don't want to get in his head and you don't want to deal with the media. How long? What if this is Deer and Fox now? December, January, February, March. What is your timetable if De'Aaron Fox keeps playing this way until Luke and the coaching staff have to start making some minutes decisions? All right. Interesting question, Dave. And obviously you're not the only one that's a little bit concerned or worried about De'Aaron Fox at this point. I'm not super worried. And what I thought I would do, because I did hear you ask the question this morning, so I started to do a little bit of research and do some numbers because it does feel to be true that De'Aaron Fox isn't playing as well as we said last year and saw last year. I think that's clear. I think that feels right. The one thing I've known, though, over the years that we can't ever replicate is the emotion of these games and how we feel about people or losses or wins. Um, You can't carry that emotion with you, really, for for weeks and into years when you're doing comparisons because I think just the natural snapshot is to say De'Aaron Fox was a better player last year. I would agree with that statement. I would think everybody would agree with that statement. But how was he playing at this time of year? He was should have been an all-star. He played that great, blah, 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 blah. So now we're living in it what we think is not as good, and I would say is not as good. But I wanted to do kind of more of a fair comparison, in my opinion, was the first 10 games of last year versus the first 10 games of this year. So if you go to the first 10 games of last year, De'Aaron Fox had scored 180 points. So that's 18 points per game. First 10 games this year, De'Aaron Fox has scored 181 points, 18.1. So really the same. Um, The biggest difference, the biggest discrepancy, well, let me give you the other kind of uh, stats. Rebounds, De'Aaron's rebounds are up through 10 games, right? He was at 2.5. He's at four right now. Assists are up. He was at 50 assists through 10 games last year, which was five a game. He's at 63, so 6.3. Steals are basically the exact same. Turnovers are up by four, so 2.9 to 3.3. Blocks are down. Um, So a lot of the numbers are up. It doesn't feel like it, does it? Now, the biggest discrepancy is the percentages, back to the efficiency. De'Aaron last year was shooting from the floor 42.9% through 10 games. Right now, 39%. So down basically four percentage points, which is a lot. And 39%, you don't want to be in that 30 range. You want at least to be in the four, if not five range, as your first number. Uh, Free throws, he has less attempts. So that also might be why he's scoring, even though his scoring isn't down. um, But he has 12 less attempts than he did at this time last year. Last year, he was shooting 70.4 from the line. This year, 69.3. But he's been getting better as the season's gone on so far. The biggest one is a a huge swing at three-pointers last year. He's made nine last year through 10 games. He's made nine this year through 10 games, but he had taken 32. He's taken 48. So that's down from 28% down to 18.7. So I think it's back to, and then the other one, the Kings were four and six last year through 10. They're five and five. So as much as some people are doom and gloom and panic in your question, I'm I'm not moving the needle at all. De'Aaron not only is your best potential one-on-one guy, He's still a guy that can get his own shot, can be used as a decoy. 
He should be on the floor as a good defensive player. It's not like there's not liabilities. I think we're looking at this as he is a liability to the team. I don't see it that way. Um, it's the efficiency. Really, that's it. And so if it continues, I guess you look at it. But um, I had said before the year, and I'll maintain this, if nobody's in foul trouble and no one's hurt, his closing lineup is going to have Harrison Barnes on the floor with De'Aaron Fox and with Rashawn Holmes. I don't know the other two. Likely Halliburton. Sometimes it's Mitchell. Sometimes it's Harkless. Sometimes it's Heald. But those three, Hall- excuse me, uh, Fox, Holmes, and Barnes will be on the floor in the end of games. So 10 games, it's surprisingly similar for De'Aaron Fox to what he was through 10 games last year. Good question, though, Dave. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. But hang tight. We'll be right back. I'm going to have the high flyer, Henry Turner, here with me. as we'll, I'll be in for Scott Marsh on game night. Uh, that is coming your way next as it's the Kings and the Suns coming up tonight. G-Man will have the call. All that right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.